Hey, everybody. How you doing? And welcome to episode number 110 of the John Riley Project. It is Sunday, February. Is it the 9th? The 9th. Yeah. I think it's the 9th. Um, very pleased to have here as my guest, Mike Ryan. How, how you doing? doing? Good to Thanks see you. Thanks for having me again, Good man. to see yeah, you. I appreciate it. You know, Mike was, uh, you know, was a guest here not too long ago with your book here, The the Heart of the Lion. Right. So I brought a copy just to share it. But, uh, Mike, you're a Poway guy. And, yep. you know, we're... We're friends. Our wives yep. are friends. Our children friends. Everything's great. Uh, how you been? Good. Yeah, no complaints. You know, working hard every day and and uh, just you know finishing raising kids here pretty soon. And uh, by next you know, year and a half or so, we'll be empty nesters. Right on. Unless my daughter stays in San Diego. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that. I mean, it's it's amazing time. You know, when your children are growing up and they're going away to college and. The dynamics in the household change. Yeah. You know, it's something. It definitely made a difference with my son being gone. Yeah. Um, Not having him there, you know, and and uh, we share a lot of same interests, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, not necessarily music and stuff like that. We we do have some (laughs) do have some similarities, but, you know, cars and and uh, that kind of stuff. So with him not being there, I kind of miss having him around. So we can share certain things and bounce things off each other but we still do that over the phone and when he comes home right on so you know talking about cars you know you, yeah. you know so you know i've always known that you're you're a big not just a nissan guy but a Datsun guy right yeah uh, yeah so you've told me you have a few cars i mean kind of walk me through what's your collection like so not only am i a Datsun guy but um um and we're <laughs> we have a lot of cars and uh, but not only am I, you know, Datsun guy, uh, I'm, I'm becoming I'm transitioning into Subarus. Subarus. Um, yeah, yeah, I have a, a 2019 uh, Subaru STI out there and um, uh, been in Subarus last three years. I've transitioned to three cars already through three cars already. Tommy's got my 17 WRX and I have the uh, which the WRX and, and the STI are. They, they're exactly they look. They look exactly alike. They're, they're just the horsepower is different. Right. So, anyways, um, uh, yeah, I got bit by the bug for the Subaru, the Subaru bug. But my my heart started out with with Datsuns way back when, and um, I have two of them, two seventy one, two forty Zs in the garage, and um, I'm just a big fan. Um, so I'm trying to trade time between the uh, Subaru community and uh, <laughs> and the Datsun community, and um, it's been really neat because the really special thing about being a car guy is when you go to these events or when you join a club or when you go to these meetups, you meet some really, really cool people. Oh, yeah, yeah. You meet some knuckleheads, too. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. You know, right, of course. They're, they're out there on social media, and, and, and they're out there when they come to the meets, and you know, they, have, they always have something to say. And that's fine. Everybody's got an opinion, and that's totally cool. Um, but the car scene is a really neat and enjoyable scene for not only me, but for the whole family. Um, Khalid and the kids used to come to uh, a lot of the events that we would have with the San Diego Z Club. I've been a San Diego Z Club member since 1998. Oh, cool. And it's a Datsun Nissan Z okay. Club member, our Z Club. Um, so everything from 1970 to today. And you don't have to have a, you know, a Z car to be a member, but, you know, predominantly it's a, you know, a Z club. So, mm-hmm. um, which is a lot of fun. I'm, my kids have been raising those cars. I've got pictures of my kids in them. So I just fell in love with them years ago. I, I 
it's kind of hard to tell you, uh, to explain the fascination, but yeah. they're cool cars. <clears throat> I mean, and I, I remember, you know, back in the 1970s and I was paying attention to cars and they were Datsun then. And then was maybe around 1980 is when they became Nissan, right? Yeah. Somewhere in the, um, okay. So Nissan is the, the company, the main company, right? Datsun was a small, um, I don't know what you call it, uh, like, like, a, like a, a child, like a small child part of the company. It's a small piece of the company. But Nissan as a whole, it's Datsun is Nissan. So Nissan is maybe like General Motors and then Datsun was like uh, Chrysler or something. The, Not Chrysler, the, the, but they're, they're a small piece of the pie. Like Buick or something. You because know? Um, now if you look at Nissan as a whole, Infinity is Nissan. Infinity, right. Yeah, yeah, Infinity I know is that. Nissan. Yeah. So yeah. it's kind of like that. Uh, I'm sure that some of my Datsun friends out there will, you know, all you how can you forget this and that or whatever, you know, but you know, it's been a long time since I've actually dug into the history and how it all started with Datsun. And I think it was the Japanese Nissan's always been around. They were Nissan and then they had the Datsun line and they wanted to introduce it as something fresh and new to, to the U S and um, it's funny that the, the two forty Z started out as the fair lady Z and a, a real Fair Lady Z is a right-hand drive car in Japan. It's a 240Z, but it's right-hand drive. And it was it was coined as the Fair Lady. Well, they didn't think that the Americans, um, and I know some of my guys are going to correct me if I'm wrong, but they didn't think that the Americans were going to take too kindly to the word Fair Lady for a car. Right. And now, because it's got such a big following, that people are putting Fair Lady badges on the sides of their uh. cars where it says, you know, Datsun 240Z or something. It's saying it's saying Fair Lady now on the bottom. People are buying the badges and putting them on there. So they introduced the car to the U.S. market as a 240Z. So what what is there's the 240, the 260, the 280? Is that just the size of the engine? Yeah, exactly. So uh, my car has a 2.4 liter motor in it. Um, I have 271 240Zs. One's pretty stock. Uh, it's got the uh, original motor in it. And my, my, uh, white two forty Z that I, that I named Blanca, you know, and I do the videos <laughs> or Blanca time, you know? Yeah, and, yeah. and, um, cause I, I, I just, I, you know, I'm a clown, so I like to have fun with it. Um, that one's modified. It's got, uh, upgraded carburetors. They're, they're triple carbs. They're called Makuni carburetors, mm-hmm. uh, Japanese carbs. Um, the original carbs that were on that car were SU carburetors. They're dual carbs. Um, and the old Jaguars ran them and mm-hmm. the old Roadsters, things like that. And, and those carbs are great. But if you want, if you want looking for horsepower, if you're looking for, you know, more get up, you're going to go with that third carburetor. You're going to go with that big carburetor to put on there so that, so that you can get more power out of it. Everybody wants more power. Right. You know, for the old tuner guys back in the day, that was how you got your horsepower. Whereas nowadays people are, using tuners with computers and, mm-hmm. and, and uh, big turbos and other things to get their cars to go faster. And, um, you know, it tuning's never, it, it's, it's old school versus new school. The bottom line, it's tuning. You're trying to make a car go faster than it was when it came out of the showroom floor. You so want to have more fun with it. These are all stick shifts, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mine are all, yeah. Mine are all standards. Yeah. They, I, I have, uh, they came with four speeds, but both my Zs have five speeds in them now from a later model uh-huh. car from 280Zs or 280ZXs. So did you teach your son to drive a stick? I did. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, I taught him in the Subaru. Um, so I bought my first Subaru was a uh, 2017 WRX. Yeah. Loved that car. He's got it right now up in the Bay Area where he goes to school. Um, it was kind of sad how it all worked out for me, but uh, but I, I ended up 
uh, coming out on top later on. Um, so we got that car. He's driven my Z before once, I think it was. I was teaching him a little bit on that. That car is actually much easier to drive as a standard than the later model cars. Right. And the reason being is so your your throttle, you know, your yeah. gas pedal yeah. has linkage. And it, it it that's you know, you hit that, it's immediate. It revs up. Uh-huh. Well, your later model cars are nowadays are Drive by wire, the throttles are drive by wire, mm-hmm. it's all computerized. So mm-hmm. when you're hitting it, you could actually, you're faster than the computer. You could actually hit that pedal faster before it actually engages. Right. And it drives me crazy because these new cars are like that. And you could have a 300 horsepower car, but you know, you're going to be quicker off the line with this 50 year old car <laughs> because you got the power immediately right there. So right. It's, it's, it's fun. It's funny because, uh, I actually, um, Enjoy driving my Z a lot of times uh, over my over my STI. My STI is a fun car to drive. It's fast. It handles great. Um, you know, it's the car is a rally car. It's built to handle. It's built for off road. It's built to go out and have fun with. It's not you know you you roll up to me with a Challenger. You know, six seven hundred horsepower, five hundred horsepower Challenger. I'm going to lose that race on a straight. Mm-hmm. But what makes that car fun to um, drive is take it up to Julian or, um, you know, Mount Palomar or something like that. And the twisties, it'll put a smile on your face because it just handles so great. Now my Z, cause it's such old technology. Now you, that car handles really good for its age and it's light. It's such a tiny car. There's no back seat in that, is it? Just a two seater? No. So the funny thing about that. So, so back to the Z cars, the funny thing about the Z cars is they used, they used to be able to get a, um, a jump seat as an option. And so between the seats, yeah, between the seats, you used to put this jump seat, which some people sometimes sell. And I actually wanted to buy one just as a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of like a, just, just as a kind of a prop piece. Like you know, a novelty. Just, or no, that's the word, yeah. novelty. Okay, thank you for that. Appreciate it. So like a novelty. And, and um, so you were able to put the seat right in the middle between the two seats and fasten it to the deck. And you could put a child in that seat. Oh, my God. <laughs> and that's how sometimes kids yeah. roll around. But yeah, back yeah. in the day, back in 1970, yeah, yeah, yeah. before people got yeah. really careful, yeah, they would throw kids in the back of the deck of that car. And they would lay down while you're driving around. And that, <laughs> I mean, come on. We were kids growing up. We, my mom had old station wagons. And we would always be in the very far back. Oh, you know, yeah. it's a deck. You're sitting back there hanging out. Just relaxing and having fun. Oh, I mean, when you first said you were in, I didn't know you were into Subarus, too. And I remember the first Subaru I ever saw was the Subaru Brat. Yeah. And it was a little pickup with with the seats in the back pointed the other way with the handlebars. Right. And those are something, too. Yeah. Um, Wow. Yeah, you know what's funny is um, I I went through the same experience with my son and a stick shift because I I mostly drive electric cars. And I had a BMW i3, and then I was waiting – um, I, the, the lease ended on that. And then I was waiting to get my Hyundai Kona mm. and there was about a nine month window in between. And I bought a, a Volkswagen GTI, a stick shift. And that's the one I saw. Yeah, that's that, the one, that's out the one you're driving around. That, no, those? that's what I was driving for a while. And then when I got my Kona, I gave my son the GTI. Yeah. And so he had to learn the stick shift, right, you know, right. and it just felt like a cool rite of passage, you know, because yeah, yeah, we went definitely. through that as kids and it's a, it's just a, it's a neat skill I think for someone to have, even though it's so rarely used these days. Yeah. It, it definitely is. Um, you know, now now, now, uh, now more than ever, they're going more towards automatics. 
And it's kind of sad because they're starting to go more away from that. And you have the Tiptronic, you know, that kind of deal. Yeah. And, and you know, I mean, even your Lamborghinis are Tiptronic nowadays. I mean, the, the paddle shift, excuse me, paddle shifters. Yeah. And um, I'm not a big fan of that. To me, that takes away from the sport car enthusiasm. You agree. Know? I agree. Yeah. You, know, you, you want to be, yeah. you're a sports car enthusiast. You should be driving a stick shift, not an automatic. And so what happened was... Like, I've driven Z cars for years. I've had about 15 Z cars over the last uh, 23 years. And uh, if you ask my wife, she, she, she just shakes her head. You know, it, it's funny because I've had so many nice ones. I've had some cool stories on some of the cars that I've had. Um, I've met some really, really special people, some neat people over the years, some people that are no longer with us, unfortunately. Um, that I've got a chance to experience uh, a relationship with, a friendship. And, um, you know, it's, it's really special. So for me to drive those cars, take one up to Julian one day, go get some apple pie and to shift through those gears and to listen to that car wind out, just, um, you know, it's got a straight six motor in it, 2.4. Now, nowadays a 2.4 is, is a decent sized four cylinder, Yeah, you know, but you know, it's a long straight six block and you could really wind those cars out. You know, they're a lot of fun when when you've got them hopped up nicely, you know. Um, and I had I have a ball when I take mine up through the twisties through the twisties because it does handle very well. And uh, it's got pretty decent power. It, the car is probably, I don't know, 23, 2400 pounds. And there's nothing to it. It's very thin sheet metal. <laughs> you know, if you get in an accident with it, there's. Yeah, you know, but I see a lot of people walk away from those cars for some reason, you know, and and there's nothing to them. But so they don't have all the safety features. They got flimsy seatbelts and brakes, and that's pretty much about it, you know. Um, So yeah, it's something that was very passionate for me, and I I guess I got bit by the Datsun bug years ago. My grandfather had an old, I think seven ten pickup. I think I think they're seven tens or. Um, or 720, I can't remember exactly. Uh, but it was an old Datsun pickup. And I just he just loved that truck, little tiny truck. He, mm-hmm. That thing was a soldier. He drove it everywhere. <laughs> and in my, in my junior or senior, my junior year in high school, um, I, you know, I started work uh, summer after my junior year in high school, I started working in the grocery industry. And um, I was a bagger, and I was 17 years old, and I was looking for my first car. And there's a guy that worked on the night crew. He had an orange one. He used to see him roll up with it every day. And it reminded me, so I, I fell in love with the, those cars when I saw him rolling up. I loved that car. It had the old slotted bags, yeah, you know, uh-huh. bag wheels. And, and if I can back up just a, a bit, um, in my eighth grade year in junior high school, I had a teacher that used to talk about the Z car that he had. Oh, my Z's in the shop right now, but you know, when I get it back, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna bring it to school. I'll show you guys. One day, one morning, I was in the parking lot. He comes rolling in with this 240Z. It's white. I can't. It had some decals on it or something. I can't even remember. So long ago, and it had that nice, had that that Z sound to it, kind of a rumble to it, and everything. And I'm like, that's a cool car. And ever since I was a kid, I've always loved the body style, the lines. Yeah, it's a good looking car. They're they're timeless. They're beautiful lines, and you know, it's it's amazing what you can do. Those cars, just subtle things that really set it off. It doesn't take much because the Japanese really. Nissan did a great job when they actually put that car together. Um, one of the coolest things for me was being able to raise my my son and and uh, him be around those cars. Uh, you know, we had um, Zcon here back in 2014. 
and ZCon is every Z. It's it's a big it's a big it's a big mm-hmm. you know whatever you call it you know it's a big event like and a convention it's Z Car that's exactly what it is yeah. Z Car convention it's, it was a 2014 Z Car convention ZCon um, it very rarely comes to San Diego I think the last time it came to San Diego was 20 years prior to that it's all over the country and it's huge every time um, so Tommy was probably. Because oh, that was six years ago, so he was about thirteen, and um, Sarah was obviously probably around ten or whatever. And we stayed at the Kona Kai Resort down and uh, down in Point Loma. That's mm-hmm. where we had the actual car show, and they blocked off a huge section of the parking lot for us. So a lot of us parked there, but that wasn't the end of it, though. That was the actual car show if you entered it. And we stayed at the hotel, even though we live up here. We live here in San Diego. Yeah. We stayed at the hotel because we wanted the full experience. Yeah, right on. Well, some of the Older people that were involved with the whole Datsun deal back in the day, you know, uh, Mr. K, he's uh, they called him the father of the Z. He's Yutaka Katayama. Mm. And he came to he came to the U.S. to promote um, the Datsun line and, and the Z car. They called him the father of the Z. And I'm, I don't have all the specifics on that one because it's been so long. I was telling you earlier, it's been so long. But he was I, at the convention? He wasn't there. He passed away a few years back. He lived to be, I believe, 105. 105? Wow. Well, the people in Japan have a long <laughs> lifespan because they eat well, a lot of sushi. Well, he, Mr. K really liked um, onion rings. Really? Yeah, he really liked onion So, uh, first time I met, well, the first and only time I met Mr. K was probably back in 2000, early 2000s. We had a um, a meet and greet at this gentleman's house. His name is John Parker, and he was part. He was one part. He was a partner with Mr. K, and down here and uh, through Dotson Nissan mm-hmm. or whatever. And I don't remember his role, but he invited us the Z Club, San Diego Z Club, to the house, and we had a barbecue and we had you know all this stuff going on. He was Mr. K was signing everybody back oh, then. Yeah. Back then he was like probably. 90 something. Yeah. But he's like a, like a God, right? Oh yeah. You know? Oh yeah. Yeah. So he was, he was such a really nice man. And, um, you know, my wife got some stuff for me. She bought from eBay or something and she she snuck it over to Mr. K and had him sign it for Uh, me and everything. She's awesome. Yeah, she is. Yeah. She's awesome, man. And then I got a chance to sit with him, put my arm around him and take pictures with him and stuff. And he signed stuff for me. And he asked me, he goes, so, uh, what kind of Z do you have? And, And I go, um, I have a 1970 240. That was my first 240. My first Z was a 78. My second Z was the 240Z, the 1970. And that's the holy grail. 69, they actually came out in 69. People call them 69s. Came out in October, I believe, of 69. And they're the low number ones, like the first 500. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, people, are, they, they, they just, oh, it's a 69. I'm like, well, it might have came out in 69, but it was kind of, is basically sold as a 70 model. Right. And, but people are, you know, the real, those guys are really, really dig having those. 60. So you have a 70? I had a sev. I had a 70. Okay. The two I have right now are both 71s. But still, that's really that's early. early. It's early, but it's 70 is the holy grail. That's the one you want, an early 70. Right. You know, I, my mind was in April of 70. So it was what, six months after, you know, they yeah. came out or whatever it was. That so was number 2,800 or 2,600. I can't remember off the showroom floor, but it didn't have the matching numbers in it. But it was a, it was a nice car. It's like a rookie baseball card. You know, it's like you got the first ones. You oh, know? yeah. One of the yeah. first. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. One of the, you know, pre 3000s at least. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, he was, he was excited to hear that it was a 70. And um, that, that meant something to me. That was really cool. 
And um, so meeting him was 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 one of those pinnacle things. He signed some stuff for me, uh, and he also signed my uh, visor. Oh wow! I have a visor put away um, that he signed, and uh, you know that that was one of my one of my special. One of, one of my special uh, collectibles that I have. Oh, of course. Yeah. And, you know, Mr. K signed something. It's, you know, it's gold. You know, yeah. you got to hold on to it. It, it. It's sentimental for me. I've had it packed away for the longest time. I've never put it in another Z car. I took it out. Once Once I had it signed, I, I got other visors and put them in my car. And um, I never put it in there and displayed. I, I may have displayed it my 70, but when I sold it, I think I took it out then. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and uh, so back to Zcon back in 2014. So the designer of the 240Z, who's still with us, uh, Mr. Matsua. Mm-hmm. I don't remember his first name, but he was really neat. He's, uh, you know, a little Japanese guy, and he's walking around. He's got his little baseball cap on. And, <laughs> and uh, yeah. you know, he's cruising around. And, and um, you know, the, the cool thing about that is um, he signed my glove box cover, uh-huh. my glove box door. He signed it. and uh, Nice. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I really enjoyed that. Um, and Tommy, <laughs> that kid, I swear, I, I love that kid. You know, he, he's, he's just persistent. He's chasing down all the oldies that are walking around there. And I, and I don't mean to be disrespectful by saying that, but what I mean is some of the people that have been around for yeah, many, yeah. many years, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, I know. It's all good. <laughs> and uh, he's chasing down Mr. Matsua getting autographs on his poster. He also got autograph from um, Randy Rodriguez, who was the designer of the 370. Ah. And Randy also signed my glove box door. And uh, it, it, it is really cool watching him get excited for the um you know the whole enthusiast scene for the z cars and uh, i i loved it that's as a father you know it's one of those things where you you it's a proud moment because he's sharing your experience and yeah. he's able to and, and my wife and daughter were there too and it was it was really cool for everybody we all had a good time it was a lot of fun um so that ended that finished up i i didn't i didn't get any I didn't get any trophies for my car, you know, they they actually, but all the, but I got a lot of really nice comments about it because they had a really nice clean engine bay. Yeah. He goes, you got a lot lot of really nice things about this car. You're just, you're just a little bit off here and there. You know, you you fix some of these things and you know, you could come out with something. Yeah. These are collectors with an eye, you know, for all the, these are actual people that know what they're looking for. Yeah. This this is a people's choice where you got some, you know, Joe Schmo walking through there and going, well, I like that car the best. I'm voting for it. Yeah. Okay, well, there's categories. There's actual categories, and mm-hmm. you know you have to know what you're looking for. You know, and people's choice really kills it for for everybody because you could put a lot of work in your car and have it completely bone stock or 100 percent with everything on it and lose. That's happened to me before, and it still to this day still bites at me because <laughs> you know it was you know we were invited to uh, another club's another group's uh, showing, and it always seems like they're their club members tend to come away with the trophies and we get kind of, you know, snuffed and, you know, they're bringing all their friends and everybody there and everybody's uh, doing the people choice thing. Well, John, I had the only at the time, cause I've gone through so many Z cars, but I had the only bone stock original 240 Z at that meetup. Wow. At that showing. And, um, they gave it to the win. They gave the win to an older gentleman who had. He, so what happens is when you go to when you go to show and you put on your card, you know, stock or modified. 
I'm sorry, stock or modified. Right. Okay. Well, he put stock, OEM, original, you know, mm-hmm. manufacturing equipment or whatever. And I'm thinking when I saw that he got that trophy, that win, I know his car is parked behind mine. I looked at his car. I told the president, the the, the, the then president of our of our group. Mm-hmm. I said, "Hey, how's this guy coming away with a trophy? His car's not OEM. His car's not stock. Yeah, he's got a modified interior. He's got chrome and polish and everything going on in his engine bay. I mean, yeah, you clean it up and everything, but and maybe the engine is matching. But my car is a timepiece. Almost every original part is sitting on that car right now. How did I lose?" I was so angry with the whole situation because every time we go up there, there's a lot of favoritism. And, and I was, and he goes, Hey, I know. And I even talked to the president of the other club and he goes, you know what? I know. He goes, I, I even voted for your car. Cause it is the only one here. I'm going to how this guy went it then. And I'm here talking to the president of my group. Cause this was a people's choice, right? People's so- choice. But it was, it was, it was an unfair advantage for this other gentleman because he put down originals. Car was an original, uh, but it looked like special because it was all it was all nicely cleaned up. Yeah. It looked pretty. My car wasn't as pretty, but it was clean. It just wasn't as pretty. But my car was the only original car there. His car was obviously modified now because he modified the interior. Yeah, he had different wheels on it. I had stock wheels on my car. I, the whole car was original, <laughs> and I was I was sitting there going, "This is one of the love and hate things I have about." about uh, being in the car, um, being a car enthusiast is if you get involved in these, these um, shows and things like that, you got to really have thick skin because unfortunately as such as life with anything else that we do in business or, or personal, whatever, whatever it is that we do, there's always some kind of a bias or some kind of a favoritism there, you know? Um, so what happened was the guy that won, he was much, I think he, I think we might've recently passed a couple years ago. He's much older than I am. And, um, he's sitting there, right. And he can hear me. I know he can hear me. I'm going off and, and I'm talking, to, <laughs> I could like picture this. I'm talking to my, my president. Right. Yeah. And I'm going, how can this guy win? His car wasn't stock. Right. It wasn't original. And, and the guy he's looking at, us, he's kind of like sitting there and he's looking at his kind of like looking at his trophy like this, his plaque that he got. And I, I kind of felt that because he heard me that, Maybe he felt guilty about it, and, and I just felt that maybe he was going to turn and go, "Hey, man, you know, you deserve it because I obviously I'm, but you know, it never happened, never panned out. But I think he knew that I made it, you know, obviously a big stink about it because it was it wasn't the right thing to do, right? You know, it was it was this guy here's an older gentleman, a retired military guy, and everything else. You know, he always wore his hat, and I'm thinking to myself, yeah, buddy. Not not cool, not cool, you know. <laughs> and but you know, it's one of those things where you live and learn. And uh, you know, since I've got this white one that I have now, um, I've won trophies with it. I've you know, I've I've gotten a lot of compliments on it. This is the only Z car I've had a lot of Z cars, and this one by far has smoked them all as far as um, the compliments, trophies, the admiration that I've gotten for it, um, the thumbs up. This one is just, I don't know what it was, but, you know, I, this, the other one I have, the, the gray one that I have, I actually bought that car back in 2006 from the original owner, sold it a year later to a guy in Phoenix who's about 20 years my, you know, my senior. And uh, lo and behold, about a year and a half or so ago, he calls me up and or he messages me and says, hey, I got to downsize. I'm getting older. And my wife and I are getting rid of some things. He goes, would you like to buy the Z back? 
Ah. The car had been gone for 11 years. It was in Phoenix. I'm going, oh, man. Heck, yeah. I want that car back. <laughs> I should have never sold it. Yeah. I was, so How often do you ever get a chance to buy something back? It's you happened wish to me you... twice. Uh-huh. Uh, my 70, I sold that one. And um, a, a year later, the guy called me up and said, I want to sell it. You know, and So I bought it back, and I had it for a few months. But I had too many things going on at the time, and I, I, I ended up selling it. And I, I, should, I probably should have kept that one. But you know what? I have the cars that I'm supposed to have. I have the things in my life that I'm supposed to have. These are things that worked out. And I'm holding on to those things because of the sentiment of value to them. Um, but so I ended up getting the car back. I had it t- trailered out here and uh, put it right in the garage. And it's been there, you know, and we drive it around every now and then. Uh, the white one that I have, uh, the one that I'm getting all the accolades for and everything, I, I purchased that one from a, an actual race car driver. He raced back in the day for many years. His name was uh, Tony Adamowicz, and his nickname was A2Z. Tony A2Z Adamowicz. Because ah. his last name started with A and ended with a Z. Ah, and uh, okay. he was A2Z racer, and they always ca- they called him A2Z and stuff like that. And... Uh, um, Hell of a nice guy. Uh, just incredible to talk to him. He's a wealth of racing information. Just a wonderful man. He passed away a few years back and uh, was a great guy to have around. And, and when I got connected with him to purchase his car, um, I had everybody and their mother coming up to me saying, you better not sell this car. You better not sell this <laughs> yeah. car. You better hold on to this. So I'm going right. on. I think I've had the car six and a half years now. It's probably the longest Z car I've ever had, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, anyways, that you know, that's um, it's very sentimental to me. He he signed my glove box door as well, and he signed it the day I bought it from him, and we kept in touch until he passed. And uh, that was one of those things that you know, one of those relationships you build that really bring the car group together. You know, mm-hmm. the closeness, that camaraderie. Oh yeah, and because um, you share a common bond. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, now I'm with the now I'm with the you know the Subaru group uh, as well. I still belong to the San Diego Z Club. Um, unfortunately, I don't go to a lot of their events because they fall on just bad timing for me. Um, but that's so a really good friend of mine um, uh, who's uh, one of my mechanics also, and I've known him for many many years. He's a Z guy and a Subaru guy as well, and he races hardcore. And I got bit by the bug from him, and uh, I started you know buying Subarus and. I love those cars. They're, they're they're neat. They're a lot of fun to drive, and uh, I you know I belong to uh, North County uh, Subies. They're a, a group you know reside out of like San Marcos, Escondido, Oceanside area, and and any you know they brought me in recently, gave me my sticker, put it on the car, and you know they really liked me and liked what I had to bring to the table. It was awesome. You know, I'm, I'm an older guy, and, and I think they respected me because of the fact that I'm a car guy. I'm, right. not, I'm not some mm-hmm. knucklehead that's just coming here, <laughs> you know, wanting to hang out and park and post up and just, you know, be a knucklehead. I'm, I, I want to be part of the group. I, I love – I'm passionate about cars, and that's just something that I've always been into. You know, sports was big for me, and work, you know, obviously working out when I was younger was big for me. And um, But cars really it, – it's – I don't know. It's a fascination. It's a, it's an well, addiction. I, I think it's cool. Like, now, granted, I'm not a I'm not a big you know. I mean, I enjoy driving my electric car, um, but I've always seen that you know the Z's from a distance, and always thought they were pretty special. Yeah. When I discovered that you really were into it, I was like, oh, neat. And the the thing that's I think is really special is that you meet people along the way, and that they have a passion about 
you know, maybe it's a hobby. Mm-hmm. Maybe it turns into a passion project. Maybe they go really deep down that rabbit hole of that mm-hmm. category, and you realize there's this whole world. There's like a Z-Con, you know. Yeah. There's these famous people within that niche. There's yep. um, local clubs, and then you meet those people, and you share that common bond. You share that love. You build these special relationships. And then people like me, I'm just going about my business having no idea that there's this whole, like – subculture that's completely into, in this case, the Z cars. And, you know, a lot of my guests on this podcast, like Pete Neal was really into the Corvettes. And and there are other people that are into not just cars, but all these other categories of life. Yeah. yeah. Like I have a cousin right now. She's at the Westminster Dog Show in, mm-hmm. in, in New York City this weekend. And I'm like, wow, you know, just... And that's a whole deep, deep world. Oh, I can imagine. I've watched the shows on TV. <laughs> yeah. It's very involved. I mean, the, the actual shows. Oh, the yeah. Dogs ready and raise them and yeah. prep them all their whole lives for these shows. Yeah. That's uh <laughs> It's a huge deal. Oh, oh you yeah. You know? And, and she, you know, she goes to all these local events and regional events and travels and they have, you know, there's people and like, just like with the Z Club, there's famous people and, and a whole subculture. Yeah. It's just fascinating to me, you know, when you learn about how deep some of these things go. Yeah, I, I, I agree. You know, um, I, I've met some really special people in the group and, uh, and, and being in the community. And one of the really special ones I've also met was uh, John Morton. He, um, there was an old Z commercial years ago when the 240 first came out and, uh, he's pulling up, he's driving around his race cars, 240 Z race car. He's coming yeah. around the track. He gets out and there's like this brand new 240 Z stock just sitting there and he gets out and he's makes a little speech on the commercial and he's got his glasses on and, mm-hmm. and, uh, he gets in the car, he turns on the music and he, uh, that song, dun, 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 you know, he's <laughs> driving off of the Z yeah. card. I'm, I'm just cracking up. I'm going, I remember this old commercial. Um, and it was, it was just one of those things where I had a chance to meet him. He's like 76 years old. He's still racing, still racing a 240 Z. And, uh, you know, uh, he, he raced for BRE. It was Brock, I think it was Brock racing, Brock enterprises and, and Brock, uh, Pete Brock. He, I, he, it's called BRE. Um, he, the the one of the one of the cool things to do to your Z car is to go retro and set your car up like a BRE BRE Z car. Mm-hmm. Um, they're usually white on the bottom, red on top, and then they have like stripes on the side. Have you seen? I don't know if you've seen pictures of my car. My wife have the red stripes on the yeah, side. I've seen that. Yeah. Well, there's there's I think it's red and then it breaks up and goes blue on the bottom, and then it says Dotson on the side. So, anyways. Um, I got a chance to meet him and Pete Brock and I got, you know, autographs. So for me, that's one of those things where, you know, it segues into so many different avenues by meeting people like that. Cause it's networking. You totally hundred percent. Yeah. Everything that we do is networking. So for me, cars was a way to network to go into other areas, you know, mm-hmm. um, we talked about, just now we talked about dogs. Well, a lot of my, a lot of my dots and Buddies are, you know, they're dog guys, like they're dog, they're dog parents, just like we are. Yeah, right. You know, so it's 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 funny because you start you start not only you just talk about cars, you talk about family, you talk about what's in your family, who's yeah. in your family. Yeah. So you're sitting down and, and you get to know and get personal with these people and you get to really know who they are. You talk about their kids. What are the kids doing? It's not all about cars. 
cars are the doorway to right you know the bigger picture but you otherwise never would have met them they probably live 20 miles 50 miles 100 miles away some people down the street and some really some people down the street from where i live um i know a family um and uh uh it's uh uh, Rick Senior, Rick Junior. I'll just you know call him out. You know, I don't think they're going to mind. But so I met Junior years ago. He's twenty five or twenty six years old. Mm-hmm. So obviously, I got a lot of years on him. I met him because he, he, we. I don't know if he flagged me down one day. He saw me driving my Z. He was driving a two forty SX mm-hmm. Nissan two forty SX, and it was a cool car. I don't know how we met. I forget how we met. We talked, and and I think he wanted to buy it at one point, and never panned out. He was probably a 18 at the time. And this was probably seven years ago. It's eight, 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 nine, ten years ago. And I would see him around town. I would now we'd wave to each other or whatever and talk. And uh, the deal never worked out with that. You know, and he went on to other things. And his his dad's a big 5'10 guy. Mm. You know, the dots yeah. are 5'10. Yeah, yeah. You know? Oh, man. He That's had like a little nice... coupe or like a yeah, four door or was it two, a two? Two, two or four door. Yeah, yeah. And they're really neat cars. They're, they're really coming up. They're really they're last several years have been the Z car and the five tens have really been going up in price and people have really been fixing them up nice. So I met that family and um, I got to know his dad by going to the meets and his dad's a couple you know, a few years younger than me and uh, you know met his mom and 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 just it's great great family. They lived right down the street from me the whole time and I've known that Ricky <laughs> lived over there and um, he's always talked about his dad having five tens but I you know I've been to the house. You know, and I've seen I've seen the cars in the garage, and we talked and stuff and hung out. But you know, there's people that were in, in Poway that were Datsun. I've got I know three people, three or four people right now that are are big Datsun people that you know I met just word of mouth. And some lived. One of my buddies lived at my old neighborhood off of Standish. You know, around that area. Yeah. You know? He's a five ten guy. You know, and and it's these these guys are all younger than I am, but um, you know it's. One of those fast. It's one of those things that people get, you know, they, they get bitten by that bug, and and then all of a sudden you start meeting other people, yeah, and you start uh, becoming friends and start yes. realizing that it's you know bigger than the car, right? Yeah, because you you know we we meet people, we build connections with people we work with, you know, a lot of you know with our children as they're being raised, it's yep. you know the parents of our children's friends, we build relationships, but it's but there's always that linkage. And in this case, it's the linkage of the passion for the Z car or the passion for Nissan. Exactly. Um, That's cool. It's very relatable to sports or your job or anything else, yeah. right? I mean, you, you go to a sporting event, you play sports, your kids play sports, you meet parents, you meet people. <laughs> yeah. You know. So you created a Facebook page, you told me. So, so yeah. Um, so me and a buddy of mine who – Unfortunately, passed away last year. He was a young guy too. Um, uh, he was in an unfortunate accident. Uh, he, I told him I want to make make these decals for the car, and uh, I made these decals. I, I drew this picture of a 240Z, and he put the lettering across the top, and it said S30 Life. That I coined the phrase. I drew the picture. Um, it was my idea completely. So what? Say it again. S. 30 life life. Okay. S 30 life. And remember I was telling you that's where the S 30 comes from is the VIN number on the Z cars starts out H L S 30. 
and then it goes into the VIN number. Yeah, yada yada. And right. the VIN number is like nothing compared to what you have nowadays. Nowadays, it's it's thousand oh <laughs> thousand numbers yeah. and letters. No, you really? know, you try writing down a VIN number, and you're going, "Oh man, this is taking forever." Yeah, you know, it's very small VIN number on the old cars. And uh, so what I did was I I made a page because I wanted to sell the stick the decals, and I wanted to create something that was mine, and that was. For the Z cars from 70 to 78. Yeah. And uh, only, you know, that's all I wanted. You right. know, that's, I didn't want anybody popping on their Mustangs or, <laughs> yeah. and which they did from time to time. And uh-huh. I booted people for that. You know, yeah. Or I've, I've, I've told them, I've warned them, you know. But, anyways, uh, I created a page and he created a page at the same time. I'm like, because he was trying, I think he was trying to help me, right? His page was better. I mean, what he created, I liked better because he was a little more savvy with the, with the computer stuff and putting it together. So I canceled mine, and we went with the one that he designed for me and for, for the group. And I was the sole admin. I'm still the sole admin. I've got almost 5,700 members. 5,700? I've got closing on 6,000. Wow. And I'm the only admin that runs that page. That's and a big deal. It is a big deal. And it's kind of a pain, too, at the same time. But I've got a lot of good guys on there. And, um, you know, they you know they let me know when there's something going on. Because I can't be on there every day. And, you know, the thing about it is, and I don't, I don't, on that page, it's strictly about cars. It's information. It's selling parts. It's, you yeah. know, posting pictures of your car. Um, sometimes people want to try to get political. They'll put memes up there, and, and I'll delete them. <laughs> yeah, and then right. get you know, that out of there. And then, yeah. then you know, they'll try to call me out on it or whatever. And I, I'm just zero. I, I don't. I don't mess around. I, I don't mess around. These guys know I run a clean page. Uh, I don't deal with a lot of foul language, even though it, it does happen. And I don't. I don't mind it. But when it gets out of control, and you start attacking people. Then I start booting you out. And I've banned you know several people. I booted just recently. I booted three people out within within a week because of, of their of their uh, attitudes. You know, I'm I'm big on that. If if you don't have the right attitude for the group, you're not going to be welcome here. Well, they'll create a cancer and it'll make people <clears throat> exactly. not want to come back. And yeah, that makes sense. You got to police it. Yeah. Well, yeah. And there's yeah. there's other pages out there that are Dotson pages. They're just they take all comers and they've got thirty thousand plus people. You know, or right. close, closing in on forty thousand people, and or they've got ten fifteen thousand people. You know, you look at it, and here I am with my. 5,700 people. It's a lot. It is a lot. I started, and to this day, I I don't know. A a lot of it happened word of mouth, but the thing, it just exploded. Well, but Facebook does that because, you know, if you're doing Nissan stuff, Z stuff, you know, they'll recommend pages or, you know, it'll pop up, you know, and then they'll click to join. And yeah, yeah. yeah. It's been a special ride for me because uh, I do take a lot of pride in that. And I want people on there to enjoy themselves. They're like, Thank you, man. You know, they'll reach out to me personally. They'll say, we appreciate the fact that you're running the page the way you are because it's hard to go to these other pages and not get, you know, absolutely ridiculed for asking a dumb question or for, you know, for just posting up my car and getting just torn apart because of what I've done to it or or whatever. And, and I'm not about that. My thing is this is supposed to be a, a place for you to come to and share what you've learned by your car, by doing what you've done to your car. It's not about, hey, I'm better than you, or you're an idiot because you did that to your, you painted your car that color, or you put that exhaust on it. But or, there's some people that probably do that, oh, they're, they're, and you they, got to smack them around yeah, or to I, get rid of them. I, yeah, I don't, I, I'll warn them. I'll put them on, I call it a timeout, but you know, with Facebook, you can put them out 
you can put them on pause for 24 hours, three days a week, or just, you know, eliminate and block them or kick them out altogether. <clears throat> and uh, I don't usually block people unless they've really gotten out of hand. And I don't even talk to them. I just kick them completely out and block them because they're just, they're horrible. You know, they, they'll, they'll come at me. They'll say, who's the admin on here? And, and he's not doing his job. And thinking, <laughs> I'm like, guys, it's guys, a Facebook page. Guys, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't sit here 24 seven monitoring the page. I don't yeah. have a team of people yeah. monitoring the page. You know, it's, we're all working. Most of us are working adults. We have lives and I created this page because I wanted to create something that was mine, and and it was fun and a good place to come to for information. And I'll tell you what, John, it's been really neat uh, being the sole admin because I don't have to worry about anybody else getting in conflicts with the members on the page. It's just me. And I tell people when they when they when they message me because they're pissed off because I kicked them out. Well, well, that's the other guy, and I go, he got kicked out too. <laughs> But they're still, and they're still going on and on, and and they're just they're, well, you know. Yeah, all I said was, I go, I know what you said. I'll send you a picture of it. I, I did a screenshot. I know exactly what you said. I know the context it was set in, um, and and that doesn't fly here. And then once I start narrowing it all down for them, laying it down from, they're just like, oh, okay. I'm like, yeah. Well, yeah. good luck to you and your car, and 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 have a nice one. I always try to close it professionally. Yeah, as you should. Yeah. And, and, you know, I don't... You don't need to stoop there. I don't cuss at these guys. I don't... Especially when they come at me rudely and they're cussing me out. I have every right to give them back what they're giving me and more. But I just... I chose to take the high road just like with almost everything I, you know, I do. I'm not perfect, you know. But I try to... Because if if I don't... I try to keep it professional on the page and off the page when I'm dealing with members because... I don't want them to see me as two different people. They want, they need to see me as the same person. Oh, yeah, of course. And if I handle myself the same way I handle myself on the page, then I sh- that shows a sense of loyalty and respect. You know, that's a, okay. Well, he's, he's not two different people. He's the same person. What you see is what you get. Mm. The rules are plain and simple. And I update the rules every time there's an event that happens. Yeah, you should. I always update. Okay. So this happened. I implement that in the rules. I put that in the rule. You know, all right. And it's at the very top of the Facebook page, right underneath <laughs> the header, the rules, rule section. And it's their fault for not reading the rules. I go, the rules are simple, folks. It's black and white. You cannot call somebody out on the page. You cannot go after somebody's car or pick on them or, 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 or you know, there's no politics involved here. There's no, nothing going on, you know, nothing other than putting up car stuff and pictures and talking about what you've done to it. Information. It's an informational page. That's the way I want to keep it. We can have fun, but you know, people will try to slide something in, you know, <laughs> another car, or they'll slide something in there and try to back. Why? Well, one guy told me one day, he said, he, he, he made a comment, which was a mistake for him to say. He said, you know, I do what I want, you know, I'll post what I want. Right. And I, that was the last comment he made. <laughs> Because it's, he was gone. Well, it's like it's like uh, Patrick Swayze in the movie Roadhouse. You know, it's oh, like yeah. it's like be nice. Right? Oh, exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know, uh, some people just don't have the right behavior. But it's cool. I mean, you started this just to sell like some stickers, and Pretty it's much. turned into this community of of uh, Z lovers. Still haven't sold very many stickers, <laughs> but I got much more than that. Mm-hmm. And um, 
Yeah, exactly. I, 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 I wanted something that I can build that was my baby and all these people could appreciate it. Yeah. And all, you know, all these people come on there and, you know, it's a small world. I was at a Z event a, a couple years back, um, and it up North and, uh, I was wearing my S30 Life shirt. Mm-hmm. I only had one made. And by Ethan, the gentleman that, that passed away, uh, made me a shirt. And we were supposed to be in projects to make more shirts. And, uh, you know, some things happened. Kind of some, it wasn't really a fallout, but he kind of, you know, moved and did some other things. And we never really made that connection and finished it off. And I really love what he's done with something because he's very brilliant and very, he was very, very, um, very good at what he did. And with decals, I mean, the decals that you see on the side of my Z, the red stripes, that was Ethan. He made those. Ah. Well, I came up with the idea. That was a, I mimicked what Pete Brock did with his design for the BRE car. Right. But my stripes were wider. My letters are larger. And it's one color. It's not two different colors. So it's basically a, a, a modification of, of the original design. And um, it was, it's just a little different. And um, so we measured everything out, and I told him, this is what I want to do. He goes, how wide do you want it? I go, this is about how I want it, and this is how big I want the letters, and yada, yada, yada. And it came out beautiful. I mean, ever since we put those stripes on that car, and, you know, the car's white. So I'm a big fan of, I guess I'm a big fan of red and white now. You know, it looks like a candy cane kind of deal. <laughs> but um, yeah, the, ever since those stripes went on that car, the car created it, the car had a whole new attitude cosmetically cosmetically on that car exterior wise the only thing i've changed on that car since i bought it from tony on the exterior was new bumpers front and rear new wheels and tires and the stripes that was it the wheels set the car off but the minute we put those stripes on there holy moly that that, that thing attracts oh yeah you're driving down the street cuz it's not just a white canvas it's kind of like you look at a white sheet of paper when you were in junior high or high school. You know, you're looking through a brand new book and it was just so white and you just want to take a a, a pen and start writing in it. Yeah. You've seen the books. Yeah. People like to write in those old books, you know, yeah. from high school. And, and uh, <clears throat> I kind of felt that way about that car. It was like an unpainted canvas. So I wanted to do something. I wanted to keep it subtle. So Ethan made those stripes for me. He also made, um, cause, cause I wanted to pay tribute to Tony. Um, I, I, he copied off of Tony's website and I wasn't going to sell these cause it's his, it's Tony's. Mm-hmm. I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to do any copyright infringement uh, on anything. So, but I did it as a tribute. So Ethan mimicked, uh, his logo and it said A to Z on it and it had a checker flag type of thing on mm-hmm. it. And he kind of made it different than the way Tony had it, but I wanted to be my own and my own tribute to him. Yeah. Right on. That so it's sense. on the back of the spoiler I have on the back of the wing, the spoiler back there, yeah. it's back there on there. And, and, uh, so very subtle things I've done to that car, but that was, that's what makes it special for you. Yeah. Most other people probably wouldn't even notice it. Right there. What's that? You know, yeah. it's like it, nobody really has really asked me about it. Cause it's not really pronounced. It's just a small decal that's on the back, you know, about yay big, about three inches or so up and down. And, um, I don't even remember if anybody's ever asked me about it because the people closest to me, Oh no, you know what I mean. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah. So you know, for me, uh, being a car enthusiast has been you know one of those things that at the end 
I'll be able to hang my hat on something that was very special that I, I met a lot of wonderful people um, that were involved in the groups. Um, right now I'm meeting some very, really, really neat young people that are with the Subaru group. And the fact that they brought me in was really, really cool. Um, there's another Subaru group, uh, San Diego Subies also that I, you know, I didn't really get involved with that group too much. Cause I kind of gravitated towards the North County group. You know, there's nothing saying that I, I not, nothing personal or anything like that. I just, you, you, you find a group that you, that you just kind of click with a little bit better. Sure. And, and that's just what it is with these guys. And I got, I've, I've got developed a really, really neat bond with a, a, you know, a younger guy in the group and, He's the one that brought me in. He was talking me up and, and, you know, they, he presented me my sticker and I put it on my car and it actually, it meant a whole lot. It really meant a lot to me. Hard to really explain in the words, but you know, it's one of those things where you actually felt really good to be part of something else, you know? Yeah. And it doesn't mean that just because I'm a Z car enthusiast, it doesn't mean I can't be an enthusiast with other vehicles. Some people have asked me because of the way I look, my, you know, a big dude and the way I, the way I am, you know, I'm surprised you're not, you know, you're not driving around a Mustang or a Camaro. <laughs> yeah. Well, ironically, you know, my first two cars were, were Camaros <laughs> and I loved Camaros. Um, but this is just kind of where I ended up at, you know? So the, the Subarus, it's interesting because they, you don't think of, they have their own kind of brand, their own niche that they live in. Yeah. And it's a little bit of that outdoorsy kind of thing, right? Yeah, absolutely. You yeah, they're all-wheel drive cars. They're supposed to be driven out, the, you know, they're supposed to be made to have fun with. Right. So you think you see people taking them out, like, camping, and, <clears throat> you know, they'll go on the dirt trails and and a little bit of, like, almost like an enduro motorcycle. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my buddy Justin, who's one of my closest and dearest friends, he's the one that I was telling you about that. He works on my, he works on my Z on my Z's and he also does the maintenance on my, on my STI. And, uh, he's very brilliant. He's very good with his hands. He, he's a, he's got a 73, 240 Z himself. And, um, he's another Subaru Z guy. Absolutely. There are probably yeah, very absolutely. few of you that he's have that a, intersection. He's got a lot of cars, but he's, <laughs> he's got, he's got a BRZ, um, 2016 BRZ, a Subaru BRZ. It's, it's a, it's uh, I don't know if you've seen them. They're little sports cars. They actually look like a, a wide version of a 240Z, but they're newer. Okay. And um, it's got a little back seat to it, a little jump seat back there. And then he drives uh, also a WRX. I think it's a 2002. He's got stickers all over his cars. Stickers like crazy. But he's sponsored by a lot of groups, and he races an awful lot. He'll, he'll autocross. He'll rally cross. He'll take cars to the big oval or the big track so what's, over there. What's autocross and rally cross? So autocross is when you're you're driving through the slaloms, the cones and everything like that, like on a blacktop. Oh, like they do that at Qualcomm yeah, Stadium. That's exactly right. That's Justin runs. All my buddies, a lot of my buddies run down there all the, a lot. Okay. That's autocross. And rally cross is when you're doing it in dirt. Ah, okay. And that's where you really have fun with the Subarus because- that they're made for, you know, taking them. They're a rally car. They're made to take them off road and have fun with them. And uh, so he does a lot of rally crossing, and he he's been doing a lot of that with the BRZ. Is he like a Volkswagen Scirocco kind of like one of those categories? I think so I think so, but I'm not. You know, I I don't know a lot. Of, I, I love the Scirocco's as a kid. I remember the commercial Scirocco. It's jumping. <laughs> it's jumping yeah. off the street. You know. Yeah. And, and uh, I always loved them. I thought they were really neat cars. And. uh but I don't know, you know, because they've been out of the – they're not even part of anything. I'm sure there might be some kind of cult following for them. The Scirocco's, but, that's like from the 80s and maybe the 70s, yeah, right? Yeah, I haven't yeah. seen them. I haven't seen one in years. But but I always thought of them as sort of like that off-road 
um, racing kind of car. The way they the way they advertised it, it would seem that way. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know how powerful they were. So, back so the, the autocross is on the blacktop. What was the other one? Rallycross. Rallycross. Okay, and then the other one you said is like an oval. Well, you do, you take it to a racetrack. Okay, it's like, not necessarily an oval, but it could be different designs. But, but it's like an actual racetrack, but, but an asphalt that, racetrack. Yeah, asphalt racetrack. Yes, but okay. where um, like like NASCAR cars, NASCAR cars would run on. Right. Um, like uh, like like at Sears Point, like up in the Bay Area, right? Or yeah, we have we have an auto auto uh, club speedway mm-hmm. up by um, is it Barona? No, no, There's it's a- up north. It's up by Riverside area. Okay. Uh, we actually, Gleet and I and the, and the kids went up there when they were little to go watch Danica Patrick racing when she first came over to uh, to um, NASCAR. Ah. And they had the NASCARs up there. So oh, that's the, is it the Ontario one where they have the big NASCAR race? So we're talking about. Uh, I'm not sure. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's one, it, but it's a track that's up there, and he races up there quite a bit. Um, he'll mm-hmm. go up there for. There's a lot of rally crossing up in that area, so he'll take the car up there and get it muddy. And he does a lot of drifting too. He likes to drift. You know, you know, he does that stuff. He's really heavily involved in that in that world, and it's a lot. It's a lot of fun. It costs a lot of money. Luckily, he's a he's a great mechanic. He can fix when he breaks, and and uh, he got a lot. He has a lot of sponsorships. So that's another thing cool about the car um, the car group is you have a lot of people you get to know that either own shops or own tire companies, yeah, you know, or own this or, or, or are sponsored by that. And you can get stuff at really cheap versus paying, you know, uh, retail for everything, you know, get wholesale or even get some freebies out of it. You know, it's just, you know, a really neat industry to, uh, or a really neat, um, thing to be part of when you are in the car group, because if you take it seriously and you want to go far with it, you got to make friends that yeah. are in those areas, so that way so there must be varying levels of racing. Because like when Pete Neal, you know, was it was been on this uh-huh. podcast numerous times. He's a big Corvette guy, and we went to the Long Beach Grand Prix, which okay. was amazing. And it, it seemed like it was always like BMW and and Corvette, and um, I don't know if Nissan was one of them. It might have been. Toyota, I can't remember, but it was certain manufacturers, and it was that category of a race, like this Grand Prix on the city streets. Um, but like you say, there's like these dirt races and all these other various there's versions. Drag racing, drag yeah, Barona race. would be drag racing. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done that before. I've taken the Z's down there before, and, and that, the Z's that I took down there at the time were mostly stock, so they weren't really that fast. But it's still fun to see what your car can do. Well, I've gone to the Fremont um, uh, drag strip up in the Bay Area when I was a kid. Oh. And I was always thinking, like, if you go to a, a, a drag strip, it's going to be like, um, what was it, the the Mongoose? And what was that other guy that, that drove those funny cars? And and they were, like, just made for drag strips. Big and, Daddy Don Garlitz was one of them. Yeah, one yeah. of those guys. Back yeah. in the day, yeah. yeah. Um, but then you see people out there with their their car, you know, that they've tricked out and they, and they've, and they go out there on a Thursday night and they race them. So it's cool. One of the things that my buddy Justin put together was I, so I belong to another group called Motorsport Alliance and that's all cars. And he's the, basically the, the head of that group. And it's no, there's no membership or anything like that. It's a bunch of guys who are car enthusiasts and racers and things like that who want to get involved in autocrossing. Autocrossing is a very safe um, uh, thing to do with your car. It does chew up the tires a bit. But at least you're getting out there and driving your car around these cones and learning what your car can actually do. The whole thing is, is it's not all about racing. It's about realizing what, you know, it's basically being safe. 
Mm-hmm. You're you're in a safe mm-hmm. environment. You're racing your car, racing time is what you're doing. You're trying to get the best time you can, but you're realizing that, you know, your car can do more than you thought it could. You know, you're not just driving down a straight road, you know, and then getting on a freeway and just cruising at <laughs> 70 miles an hour or whatever. Yeah. You know, it's um it's actually taking it out and seeing what it's capable of in case you ever need to um, drive it that way. I mean, yeah. most people don't, but it's nice to know if you're going to buy a Porsche, you need to know how to drive it. Yeah, right. You know, a lot of people will buy a Porsche and they don't know what the hell they're doing and they'll crash the car. Same thing with a high horsepower Corvette. <clears throat> but they have uh, uh, things involved now with these dealerships where if you buy a Porsche, like a 911 or a Turbo or something like that, um, they can actually, they have courses you can run and they actually have you with the with the a driver that'll teach you how to really, you know, manipulate the car, drive through the, drive it on the track. They have a track set up up in the LA area. I have a buddy that oh, I've actually, seen that one. It's off the four hundred five, and that's uh, Nissan, isn't it? I don't know. There's, uh, it's this one is, is through Porsche. Okay, maybe it is Porsche. Yeah, and it's like it's right near sort of like Long Beach. Area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I've seen that there. So there's another buddy of mine who was actually an instructor. So a person buy a brand new car, and before they they take. I think before they take ownership of a car, they're they're they pay for a um, um, a schooling. So you go up there and you learn how to drive the car, how it's supposed to handle, yeah. and all that stuff. And he's making pretty good money doing that. He hasn't done it in a while, but it was really cool to hear him tell the stories about how he went about doing that. So see, see Corvette. I think Pete was saying Corvette has something similar, where they have a racetrack right next to one of their facilities. Mm. And you could take your car out on that track. There's Corvette people, and you learn what the car can do. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's cool. I think more people should do that. I think more people should take defensive driving and um, take the car out on an autocross to see, so they don't panic when their car maybe loses a little control, maybe hydroplanes, or maybe they're going around a corner too fast and it starts to get away from them. They they know how to um, recover yeah, from that. Right. Right. And uh, I, I highly recommend it. I was never a big autocross fan. I had a fun. I had fun when I did it. Um, I'm kind of an oval kind of guy, you know. Right. It's it's. I would get confused in the slums going through the cones, you know, because the cones are coming at you different directions. You, oh yeah. They're 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 tough. And the only best way to combat that is to do it regularly, because they switch the courses up all the time. Right. So you know, because basically what that's teaching you is, okay, you got to be ready for anything. <laughs> Luckily, you're going 35, 40 miles an hour. It feels a lot faster than that, but you're not going that much faster, you know. So that's why I feel it's 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 very safe, in my opinion. Um, anybody can do it. Any car is welcome out there if it's as long as the car. They don't usually take big trucks, lifted trucks, or anything like that, unless if they're lowered or something. But uh, you know, you could take the you could take the Volkswagen out there. You could take your car out there, you know, and go out there and run it. Just for your own benefit. Well, it's good that they have those kinds of sanctioned events so you don't get a bunch of yahoos like racing on city streets at two in the morning and, you know, and then something terrible happens, right? Well, that's the thing that concerns me about what's going to happen with the stadium is because, you know, people, the racers are all concerned. There's been guys that have been racing for 30 years or more down there, more than 30 years. There's some oldies that are down there racing still at, at that stadium. And they want to, you know, we're not really 100% sure what they're going to do with it. It sounds like they're going to tear it down and make it into some kind of, you know, more more 
you know, extend San Diego State and mm-hmm. build a small football field out there or something like that for the Aztecs, which is cool. But um, honestly, I still think they need to keep a nice large portion of that for the auto enthusiasts to go out there and run. It's valuable real estate. And, it is uh, that's very wishful valuable. thinking. I think it's going to go away. Yeah, I, I, I think so, too. It's unfortunate. So. It's one of those things that's a luxury that um, a San Diego's are a San Diegans are going to lose, you know, because mm-hmm. you know the drag racing they stop. I believe they stopped the drag racing down there. You have to go to Barona for that if you want to do it, right? And the autocrossing is probably going to be next. And as an enthusiast, it's kind of sad because you, you you are missing out on opportunities to really enjoy yourself and have a good time and be safe about it. You wear right. a helmet, you know. You're supposed to be required to wear a helmet. And they have instructors there that have been doing it for years that will ride with you if you're not comfortable, help you get through the track. <clears throat> and you get a chance to see how safe or how not safe your car really is and what needs to be done with it. By the time you're done with your vehicle, you would have learned. Uh, by, the time, by the time you're done with a full day of autocross, you would have really learned some things about yourself and about your vehicle. It's really important because you put a 16-year-old nowadays behind 300-plus horsepower cars, mm-hmm. and it gets it can get away from them easily. I mean, I've heard horror stories of teenagers and what they've done because they didn't they couldn't control the power. Best thing you could do as a parent or as somebody who's working with a youngster is put them in an autocross environment and teach them, you know, defensive driving. Teach them about the car. Okay. If you hit the gas, it's going to go. So you need to know when to put the, apply the pressure and when not to. Right. When to brake and when not to. And then how to, you know, there's another shout out to Pete. Um, the apexes and the apogees yep. yeah, and yeah, all that. Yeah. How to take those turns right. Um, yeah. So I mean, I'm not the I'm not you know I'm not Mister you know uh, knowledgeable when it comes to the autocrossing and racing part of it. I have a small taste and a little hand in it. Um, a couple of my buddies would be perfect. For that conversation yeah, next time, I'd be but, interested, and they would be able to explain more in detail and in more professional uh, ways on how to break it down for you a little bit better. But because I have a little experience in it, I'm just sharing what I've learned from. Yeah, it. yeah. So, well, you know, this is a little bit of a tangent, but um, one of the things that I enjoy doing as an electric car driver is I'm not interested in racing it. You know, I'm interested in maximizing energy. And so um, one time I drove my car from here to Albuquerque and back. And there. Really? Oh, yeah. And we, in California, there's quite a bit of charging stations. When you get out into the desert, there's a lot less. When you get into eastern Arizona and all of New Mexico, there are very, very few charging stations. And wow. so for me, I got this perverse joy of like making it like a treasure map, a treasure hunt. And you'd figure out the distance and can I make it? And then you're worried about going up hills and burning energy. Wow, and yeah. and then you take for granted as a regular car driver that there are gas stations on almost every exit. But the charging stations, you know, they're building a lot more now. Yeah. Um, every day they seem to be putting in more. But I did that trip out to Albuquerque last April and it was just fun. How many miles is it one way? That's about 800. So you did a trip there and back, but you charged. Oh, yeah. I charged multiple times. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, my car will get, you know, it's rated at 258 miles of full charge, but Mm -hmm. I drive it like a grandma, so I can, like, get up to about 300. Oh, okay. And so when I'm out in those long stretches of desert, 
you know, I can make it to the next stop. But I, I, so I've been told though that there are people that have competitions um, to see who can maximize energy the most, and they they basically do it through an app, you know, oh, okay. and then people sign in, and it's almost like a race, but in a weird way. It's like who can take that full amount of energy and get the most possible miles out of it. Wow. And so it's just funny how there's all of these different kinds of ways that people use their cars in fun ways that give them joy, you know? Oh, without, without a doubt. Um, that's uh that's pretty interesting because uh, my car doesn't get very good gas mileage. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and I try to figure out ways to, like you were saying uh, you know, about the electric car, I try to figure out ways to see how I can get more mileage out of it. I mean, it's a four-cylinder, but it's over 300 horsepower, and um, it takes the high-octane fuel. It's 91-octane. Yeah. And um, I'm just trying to stretch it as long as I can. But that car is thirsty. Yeah. And, <laughs> very and thirsty. It, 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 right. <laughs> and it wants to be driven you know, sort of aggressively, right? Yeah, it, it, it does. It, it reacts so well when you're just getting in on it. You know, it's it's so much fun. Um, it likes the corners. Uh, but, you know, I didn't buy it for economy. I bought it to right, have. Of course. I, bought, I, I daily drive it every day. But I drove it because I wanted something that was going to give me uh, pleasure when I drove. I wanted something that was going to, you know, be fun and exciting. Mm-hmm. And um, and I, I'm not reckless by any means. I don't drive it hard. And I'm probably not worthy of the vehicle <laughs> because of my lack of experience um, racing and, and and taking it out and just really beating it up. But I tend to really enjoy my cars and like the way they look and don't like to spend a lot of money fixing things that I broke on them because uh, of, of how I drove them. Well, you know, some of your, my buddies will say, well, that, you're supposed to drive it hard. You're supposed to do this. You're supposed to do that. Yeah, well, I'm not supposed to have it into the shop every other day either because right. I'm doing that. Yeah. You know, I want I want the car to last. I bought, I bought the car, and I want to enjoy it for about, you know, many years down the road. So that's another thing. One of the things that scares me about the electric cars, you mentioned that there's not a whole – there weren't a whole lot of charging stations. So um, it's 800 miles one way. To Albuquerque. So it's like over 16 – about 1,600 miles yeah. round trip. yeah. Wow, how many times did you have to fill? Uh, you have to charge up. Um, I think I maybe three times along the way, That's but I. Bad. But it was yeah. But I had to like you know, I have to very carefully plot out my course. Well, how long does it take to charge your card for a full charge? To go from zero to eighty percent, about an hour. And so you know, if I plan it around lunchtime or you know, it's cool. It's no big deal. Um, but I, I don't know I just kind of got a like like I said a perverse joy out of it, and then I don't gun it, you know. I kind of milk it yeah. as I'm driving just to ma- maximize the energy as I go. Um, so yeah, it's it, for me it's fun. Um, I took my little BMW i3 one time, which only has 80 miles of electric charge, and then it had a little motorcycle engine in the back that okay. would that would turn on. It was gas engine that would recharge the batteries, and I drove that. From San Diego to Vegas and back, which was something because I could only get electric charging up to Barstow or no Baker. It was, you know, it was Baker. And then from between Baker and Vegas, there was only one charging station and it was at Prim right on the borderline. And that charging station didn't work. And so, but I had a little gas engine that would get me a little bit of a, a little bit of the way. 
But for me, it was just like this challenge. Like, can I drive this electric car through the desert from San Diego to Vegas? You made the rest of the way on that gas engine? Yeah. I had to to stop one time for gas, and I, I brought with me an extra tank of gas just in case, like a little red container. Wow, that's because I wanted to see if I could do it. That's gutsy. I, mean, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, I, uh, I don't know if I could have done that, but that's pretty cool, though, to hear that. That's wow, and that little motor got you there, right? But I, I went 100 percent electric from San Diego to Baker. How many miles is it from San Diego to Baker? Talking about Baker's Field, right? No, Baker. Baker. You know where the world's largest thermometer is? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's on the 15, and I think from here to Barstow, I think is halfway. Um, so Baker, sounds about right. Yeah, or maybe Baker's halfway. I think Barstow's halfway. Baker to Vegas is probably, I don't know, 150 miles maybe? I think it's like 350 from San Diego to Vegas, I think. So I went, you know, probably about um, – I went 100% electric from San Diego to Baker, but I had to charge multiple times along the way. Okay. But that car, like I said, only got 80 miles on a full charge. My Kona, my Hyundai Kona, gets up to 300. Big difference. Wow. You know? Yeah. But you got to be careful how you plot it out. Um, So anyways, it's fun to talk, you know, with you about cars. And it's just different how I kind of deal with my own cars. It's just a whole different game. And that's that's what makes the conversations about about these cars uh, interesting. It is, It's fun because – I I didn't know that. I didn't know you did that, and I thought that's really cool. I thought that you made an adventure out of it. Yeah. And that's what um, vehicle ownership is all about. It's adventure. Yes, yes. And, um, <clears throat> you know, some people don't look at cars that way. A lot of matter of fact, I, I would, you know, basically you know, assume that most people just look at them as a tool. You know, to get them from point A to point B. It's my car. I get to work. You know, that's all I think of it. But in Southern California, <clears throat> it's a reflection, you know, of you know your your image. You know, isn't it? it oh, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, well, because in Southern California, everything is image. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. the way you look, the, the clothes you wear, yes. the car you drive. Yes. I mean, I. You, <sighs> I mean, we can criticize that all we like, but it's it's reality. You know, I'm not going to criticize that because it's like one of those things where it's. It's just how we live here, unfortunately. You know, it's yeah. part of who we are. And, and, and you know, we uh, – you judge a person by the cover, unfortunately, by yeah. everything they do. And Southern California, I think, is known for that. Uh, but it's it's fine either way. You know, it doesn't make a person a bad person or not. It just It just means that we're just – we're just uh, designed differently in how we think on those things, how important they are. It's funny. We were, we were talking with our financial planner, you know, and uh, she made a comment to us and she said, you'd be surprised how many people are driving around in like really nice BMWs mm-hmm. or Mercedes that don't have a nickel to their name, yep. you know, that are just scraping by, <clears throat> nothing in their checking account, big credit card debt, because they just have to have that image. I knew friends like that. You know, they were buying, they overextend themselves buying certain vehicles or buying or renting a place they couldn't afford or, you know, just completely overextending themselves. Yeah. You're going to overextend yourself, overextend yourself that's going to sustain you long term, whether you buy a piece of real estate. Right. That, that's, that's, if you buy your first house and it's more than you can really afford, but you buy it and you sit out it for a while and you, you really, if you have to work extra hours or pick up another job to make that mortgage payment in the long run, it's 
your nest egg, having that house. Mm -hmm. My real estate agent told us years ago, um, overextend yourself with real estate. You'll thank me later. We've done that, and it's bitten us on the Moran before, but for the majority part of our lives, uh, my wife and I and, and the investments we made have been very good. And if you look at what our houses are worth now and what we paid for them. <laughs> well, um, it's, a, it's a fan, funny because when you get a house, <clears throat> in the very beginning, you look at that mortgage payment, you're like, gulp. But, oh, then, but then, you know, 10, 20 years later, it's like, yeah, it's not nearly as bad as it used to be because everything changes. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, overextending yourself is interesting because if you're ma- like you say, if you're making an investment that has long term sustainability, that's great. If you're making an investment in yourself, you know, if you're spending money to be trained to build more skills yep. so that you can then convert that into additional income, then that makes sense too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, yeah. The, you know, power, you know, knowledge is power. Mm-hmm. You know, the more skill set you have, the more income potential you can bring to the table. Exactly. You know, I mean, if you know how to weld, for instance, let's say you go get a couple skilled trades. Well, if you know how to weld and you know how to do electrical, and you're skilled in 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 uh, my my brother does uh, he's fire sprinkler system, you know he works in construction he makes a lot of money doing what he does and if you have those kind of skills, how many doors do you think you can knock on there looking for somebody like you? Hundred percent, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, <clears throat> and you can basically name your price. I mean, you you could be making a six figure income just on going to you know a school for six months learning how to you know be a plumber or be you know. You know, be a pipe fitter or, you know, be, like I said, be a welder or electrician. And you could be coming out of there making, you know, $30, $40, $50, 80 You know, the sky's the limit. Whatever you, whatever your skill set is going to pay you. Now, a lot of kids coming out of college these days with $100,000 in debt, if they pick the wrong field to go into, it's not going to – they either going to have zero jobs or you know, very minuscule right. paid jobs right. with a college education. Right. I mean, there's a lot of guys out there. I can tell you right now that are making you know six well into the six figures because they're you know, and they're not in a IT field. They don't have a college degree. What they have is strong work ethic. Um, they pick the right, uh, right, the right path to go down. Whether it's construction, mm-hmm. um, whether it's fabrication. You know, whatever it is that didn't take a college education to get them there and hard work, mm-hmm. awful lot of hard work. There's entrepreneurs out there that are, you know, people who, who bought and sold real estate, who never spent a day in college and are making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, you know, just, just because they went down that path and picked that path. <clears throat> you know, some people are a big advocate of schooling and I am as well. I want my kids to graduate and get their college degree. I didn't, I didn't graduate. And uh, my wife has a degree. Um, and that was my choice. Um, and I make decent money, but you know, I, I could have done better had I, you know, got more skills for myself, even right. if I went to a trade school. Sure. So I'm very, I'm a big advocate of it. I love trade schools. I think they have a lot to bring to the table. Um, I think if you're going to go to college and rack up those kind of bills, um, you better start thinking about what it is that's current now and, and where you're going to be able to make, you know, a good living off of that education. Because if you don't, you're going to be working at some minuscule little job, you know, 
paying you next to nothing trying to pay back a student loan and try to take care of yourself. With a degree in European art history, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. But, you know, the, the good thing is now today I'm, I'm a huge advocate. With the Internet, it is unbelievable how much online learning is available, how you can build skills in doing making podcasts. You can learn skills to you know do a lot of um, IT work and you can do it right from your home computer. It's amazing how everything is changing now. Technology has been um, a wonderful thing. It's good and bad. And, uh, you know, I mean, if I have to throw a black cloud in it, social media is one of those, you know, entities that could be good and bad, you know. And, uh, you know, networking is, is, is great. Social media is very, is very uh, good for networking. And when you want to find information or learn something, um, it could be very useful tool. It could be a very useful tool. Unfortunately, you deal with a lot of people out there that aren't willing to be part of that positive uh, part of the uh, learning process of social media and what you can learn from it. It's an, it's an unfortunate deal. This is like we talked about with my page. You know, I'm a car enthusiast. And sometimes you have to weed out the bad eggs. And uh, if they don't have anything to bring to the table, then what is what what are you here for? If you're an enthusiast, that's great. You know, you want you want to learn, you want to offer information, great. But if you're here to ruffle feathers and to create havoc in this in this particular area, you know, you're not going to be welcome. And and that's one of the things that, you know, with social media, you have to kind of weed that out. It's a give and take. You have to realize what you're going to deal with when you deal with people on a daily basis, what they're offering or what they're sending your way. And, um, you know, it's either you either you're going to learn something that day. It's going to it might not be what you want to learn that day. <laughs> right. But you're going to learn something. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it's one of those things that I've learned through social media that, you know, if you want to be a certain type of person, you can easily get uh, pulled into those type of uh, those type of groups or that type of entity. So I, I choose to to look at other aspects that bring me. Uh, better mind frame, car enthusiast, um, entrepreneurial stuff, things things in that nature, things that uh, that can help me in the future. Um, I love um, positive uh, mentors, people that have gone out and I, I watch a lot of YouTube videos mm-hmm. um, of different fitness people, um, uh, like you know people like Tony Robbins, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. They get out there and they they um, they're uh, motivational speakers. I love motivational speakers because that's something I would love to do because uh, they, they have a lot to bring to the table. They're trying to help people. And uh, I've listened, I've been listening to a lot of them. Um, uh, there's a, there's a former power lifter, uh, CT Fletcher, and uh, he had a heart transplant surgery about a year or so ago. And it's pretty major. He's about 60 years old now. Wow. And, um, it, it, it's pretty cool to listen to him. He cusses an awful lot. You know, he's 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 from Compton, you know, and, yeah. and he's recognized as, as as the Compton Superman, you know, and he broke a lot of records as a power lifter, and uh, he's he's amazing. Listen to him speak, you know. Uh, it's one of those things that I really enjoy. If you're a good speaker, you can really grab the people you're talking to, and they you can give them a a visual of what it is you're actually speaking about, and. It's it's you're sitting there going wow okay 
that's something I can really listen to. And you're taking in everything that he's saying. And the way he tells a story, and he's got this voice to him mm. that commands attention mm-hmm. kind of deal. But he's he just the way he delivers the stories. Um, you got to pull him up. Look look him up. He's he's a lot of fun. What's his name again? C. T. Fletcher. C. T. Fletcher. Okay. Yeah, he's a power. He was a power lifter and a heart transplant survivor. Um, you know, he's 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 having his struggles. You know, and he's but he's he's doing he's still doing his thing. Um, very powerful words from this guy. Nice. Yeah. So yeah. The, the the cuss words he uses are exclamations, but um, <laughs> he, he, you know he he's fun to interact with people that train at his gym and stuff like that. He gets really involved. He's he's on a whole different level. But there's other people that I really enjoy listening to also. And um, you know there's there's motivational. You know you listen to Sylvester Sloan when he does some of the Rocky skits in the movies and yeah. he talks to his son or whatever and he says something. They also throw those in there. And then there's Denzel Washington. Denzel Washington. He's a brilliant man. I love, oh, love yeah. listening no to doubt. him. There's a there's a quite a few other people out there, and I use YouTube for music. But you know, it's funny on the way to work. I decided I'm not going to listen to any music. I'm going to listen to somebody motivate me. Give me some motivational speaking. So I'm in my cool car. Yeah, I'm listening to the rumble. You know of 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 the STI motor motor and and uh, I decide. No music. I'm going to listen to something that motivates me why I'm going to work because uh, it's obviously not the happiest place for me to go to every day. But I make it happy. I make it fun. So I'm on my way to work and I'm listening to different people. You know, it, it's a long one. So it breaks it down to different people speaking mm-hmm. and they all have their own little skits. And it's 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 fun. It's a, and it makes for a fun ride when you are actually you're having fun driving your car, but then you're also listening to something else that kind of gets you somewhat motivated for the day, especially yeah. when you're starting your day out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I love listening to all kinds of music, but that was something I wanted to change it up a little bit. So you got to listen to podcasts now, you know. And so uh, that's what I do now. I, I rarely listen to music in my car. I mean, it's very rare. Um, so I'm always listening to podcasts or I'm listening to talk radio. So that's something I was, I'll, I'll talk with you um, off the air on with uh, different podcasts because I, I was doing podcasting there for a, a while back um, on, uh, on a um, online website called Spreaker. Yeah. And that was fun, you know, quite a few years ago when I was doing it. Uh, I think it was back in 2011. I met some really neat people on there and they had some battles too, you know. <laughs> But, you know, yeah. <laughs> Spreaker was really cool because they had a free account. And you could do it for a half hour and you could record it and everything like that. But this setup is really neat because uh, it's something that I would like to do on my own. But or I'd, I'd love to do more with you. But uh, there's some things I would probably talk to you about and just kind of pick your brain on just kind of, you know, what podcasting you listen to. Because uh, there's a lot of really neat information out there. And I think it's 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 good information for people who may see this and be interested in listening to some of those podcasts and where to go to find them because there's different topics on all these podcasts. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. it could be motivational. Mm -hmm. It could be political. It could be automotive. Like we discussed, it could be sports and there's all, there's all realms out there. So I think it's good because, you know, you get tired of listening to music once in a while. You know, you can, sometimes you want something different. You want to hear somebody talking because sometimes I used to listen to talk radios, 
you know, Sports 1090 when it was on, you know. Ah, yeah, the Mighty 1090. Yeah. yeah, I, did, yeah. I did a whole yeah. podcast episode on that. Oh, man. Yeah. It was good. You know, it was, it was pretty good back in the day. Yeah. I like this to talk radio because they're fun. They're yeah. just people like you and I just sitting there talking. Right. I'm going, you get paid to sit there and talk? Yeah. I go, man, that's what I do every day <laughs> <I know> <laughs> at work. You know, people give me a hard time about it, but I, I love people. I really do. Um, I enjoy in the business that I'm in, I really enjoy meeting people every day and, and talking with them and the energy I get from them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's one thing that I've gotten out of 31 years in the grocery industry is, is building relationships with people that are just um, become friends. And it's, it's a really interesting thing for me. Um, I'm living for a social person like myself. It's, 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 it's a dream come true to be in a position where I'm around so many people and I get to meet people. It's also, you know, it kind of wears you down some days. You deal with other people that aren't aren't, aren't as friendly, and it kind of it's it's hard. Yeah, you, you deal with people, you deal with yeah. customers, yeah. things like that. And in, in your in your line of work, it's it's not always easy dealing with people. No, but when you've got hundreds or people coming in and you're dealing with them all day long, it's kind of like okay, I'm just going to go to the back for a while and work back there and yeah. come yeah. out for a short spell, and I'll usually see somebody I know, and because I work. Locally, I see a lot of people that I already know that oh, are yeah. friends. Yeah, you know? yeah, neighbors. Which, yeah, which is which has been really cool for me. So, um, you know, I have a lot of fun with that. Well, you know, uh, Mike, you're always welcome to come back. Oh yeah, um, and we have so much to talk about, so much to share, and yeah, doing this podcast is just a ton of fun. You know, and we get to share what we think and have a little fun with it, and and um, and learn. We learn, and I think. People are going to learn in this episode a great deal about, you know, the Nissans and Datsuns and Subarus and the things that we covered. Yeah. Really interesting stuff. I learned a lot. I think some people listening to this podcast are going to learn as well. Well, like I said, I I might not be the most informed person when it comes to that kind of stuff, but I just have a passion for it. You're better than you think you are. That's your motivational (laughs) note right there. All right, I'll take it. Because you know tons more than me. I mean, so you gave me a ton of information that was very valuable. And sure, there's probably some other guru that knows a little bit more. Oh, absolutely. You know, so, but don't shortchange yourself. I'll take it. Yeah. All right, that's a win. Okay, so... um, Let's wrap this up, and uh, we'll have you back, and we'll 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 explore some things outside of cars next Perfect. time. Absolutely. Perfect. Thanks, John. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Mike. All righty. Bye-bye.